Good morning. It's great to be here with everyone as we join our hearts in worship. Um, I'm sure most of you know that Daniel's father, Scott Owen, he's uh, has been entered into hospice. He's at his home in hospice. And they've been going down to see him. They found cancer in different places in his body. And from all that I've heard, he's, he's making it easy for the family because he, he's being very brave. He knows where he's going to be going. Yeah. And uh, his, his faith is solid in Christ. So we're thankful for that. But I would like just to pray uh, this morning before we look into God's word for Scott and for the family, for Daniel, Camille, and the boys, and, and the other family. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the message of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that we know if we're trusting in you, if we've come to you and for, for forgiveness of sins, that you are going to receive us when we pass away. And we thank you, <clears throat> excuse me, for Scott, that uh, he has known you for years and he has served you. And now, Lord, we pray that you would um, just be in, in a strong way with him, be at your presence with him as he goes through these days, these weeks. And Father, that uh, he's already encouraged people but may, he, may his testimony encourage many others. And <clears throat> I pray for the family, Daniel, Camille, the boys, and the other, his sisters, and brother. I pray that you would um, use this to reach them, uh, to set their sights on you, and to receive that uh, solid confirmation of of knowing where we're going when we pass away. We thank you for the rich message of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> you know, when you read the uh, Gospels in the New Testament, the disciples don't always come off looking like spiritual giants, do they? Uh, or religious scholars. And often Jesus accuses them of being really slow to understand. Don't you understand yet? And we see them making mistakes. <clears throat> Excuse me. We see them arguing against each other. We see them not really grasping what Jesus is trying to teach them. You know, they, they get bits and pieces, but they're not quite getting the big picture. Uh, we see them fighting over who gets the highest honor in the coming kingdom. Not really understanding what that is all about. Now, as I say this, I'm not saying that I think I could have done any better. In fact, you know, if I were to have to switch places with them, I'd hate to look back on the things that I did during that time if I had been with Jesus. So, thankfully, it was them and not me. <clears throat> but, you know, at least they were able to catch fish. I've never been accused of that. <laughs> but here's why I bring this up. 
You know, when I, as, as I'm doing these sermons on love this month of February, I'm looking into the writings of the apostles and looking for their message on love. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and after I read the epistles that the apostles wrote, after I read their letters, man, what a difference. I mean, they're now living, as they write these letters to the churches, they're living on a whole other level of understanding. You read those letters that they've written, nothing like you see in the Gospels. Now, they are so bold as they write these letters, and they know what they're talking about. And, of course, you know, they've had that advantage now of having spent some years with Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Spirit on that Feast of Pentecost in the first century. And so, and then, of course, the abiding Holy Spirit. So they've had that, all those advantages. You know, but the reason I thought, even thought of this matter how they wrote so differently in the epistles than their testimony was in the Gospels <clears throat> is because I was looking for how they wrote about love. And you know, we're in this month of focusing on love, being February here. <clears throat> and when Jesus, actually when he was with his disciples, he often spoke of love. And he even spoke of it as a new command, if you remember John chapter 13, 34 and 35, he says, and this is towards the end of his life, before he gives his life up for our sins, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. <clears throat> And that seems kind of interesting because at that time, they weren't very far into that. I mean, you know, they had made so many mistakes in the area of love. So as we take these few Sundays in February, I want to show you some things that the Apostle Peter said about love. And, you know, this is the same Peter who in the Garden of Gethsemane when the mob came with clubs and swords to arrest Jesus, he's the same guy that drew his sword and slashed, you know, a guard, or a, uh, it, was the, it was the high priest's servant. <clears throat> he was one of the mob, and Peter just slashed at his head. I'm sure he was meaning to kill him, and he cut off his ear, right? And Jesus healed it. Remember that? So that's the same Peter... But now in his first letter of the New Testament, he talks about love. And we're going to cut in toward the end of chapter 1 of Peter's first letter, 1 Peter. And I'm going to read two verses at the beginning <clears throat> that will tell us something very important about the love that we Christians are supposed to have for one another. So if you would look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at 22 and 23. He says, now that you have, he's speaking to the people, you know, in the church. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. 
For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So what is he talking about? He says they have purified or cleansed themselves by obeying the truth. And you know, just on the surface, that almost sounds like they've earned their own salvation. But you know, we know from the book of Acts, when Peter preaches the gospel, he knows that they don't earn their own salvation. And what he's saying there is, as they, let me turn back to that, Purifying themselves was them coming to Christ for cleansing and for salvation. And he called, he's, he, right there he terms that purifying yourselves. By obeying the truth means that they obeyed, they, they went by the gospel message. So according to the truth, they were cleansed, but it kind of sounds like they did it to themselves, and it was kind of of works, but it's not. We know that. Peter, <clears throat> when he preaches... He's very clear that it's not by works. In turning to Christ, they found their forgiveness. And in turning to Christ, they obeyed the truth. And in that truth, there is no salvation apart from faith in Christ. But it was actually the rest of these two verses that I wanted to get to. I just thought I better explain that. So let's look again at these two verses. It says, now that you have purified yourselves, that means you've been cleansed, by obeying the truth, by turning to Jesus, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. Now Peter is saying, now that you have found salvation in Jesus Christ by turning to him, now that you have found forgiveness of sins, he says, in this new state of purification, of having been cleansed, cleansed from sin through faith in Jesus Christ, he says, that now gives you a sincere love for each other. And so coming to know Christ and understanding his salvation, that allows us to know what sincere love is. And you know that word actually, if you look it up in the original language, it, it, if you could read those letters, it's unhypocritical. So he's saying they have an unhypocritical love because they've come to Christ. <clears throat> Our purification through faith in Christ is the cleansing of our sins, which gives us an authentic love for others. And why we are able to love on a whole new level when we come to Christ, because now we have a whole different type of love as we have become part of Christ's people. And it's a whole different type of love than what the world thinks of as love. In the world's way, love so often is given in order to get what we want. So often. But how can we have an unselfish love? A non-hypocritical love? 
Well, it says, because we have been born again, not of perishable seed, which would be our natural birth, because perishable seed is, you know, we all die. But we're born again of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. <clears throat> that means when we turn to Christ as our Savior, we undergo a spiritual birth from imperishable seed, a seed that comes from God, you know, and God is eternal. It's a heavenly seed. Seed from God himself, the Holy Spirit, through the living and enduring word of God. So we're just enmeshed in this eternality. And we moved up to a whole different level that gives us a whole different way to love. So when we turn to Christ for forgiveness, we go through a rebirth from imperishable seed. We are children of God. We're part of his family. And it is through living and never dying word of God. And because of that amazing transformation into the family of God as we turn to Christ and accept his forgiveness for our sins and we enter into the family of God and we're born again through imperishable seed, eternal seed, we can now love each other deeply from the heart with sincere love, with authentic love, with true love. Another way to say <clears throat> love deeply from the heart you could say fervently. We can love with fervent, you know, fervent love. Now, I, I kind of see this as our new birthright. <clears throat> We've come from perishable seed to imperishable. We've been born again with imperishable seed, and that's our birthright in Christ. Now, <clears throat> as I say this, you may say, well, I've seen bad fights among Christians. I've seen Christian marriages dissolve. I've seen fights among Christians among in the same church where the church ends up splitting. And you know, I think we've all seen that, haven't we? You know, but when they happen, somehow, in some way, someone or some ones are not following the leading of the Spirit, right? It could be anybody. But when we get into those kind of fights and we go against each other, then we're going against our faith, aren't we? And we're just kind of falling back into our natural ways. And somehow, in some way, someone or someones have chosen not to act according to the Spirit of God, but they act according to the Spirit of the world. And I would venture to guess that all of us from time to time have acted or we do act according to the spirit of the world and not according to the spirit of God. And you know what that means? It oftentimes means that we haven't had sufficiently the word of God filtering through our minds and our hearts. Maybe not sufficiently enough. And you know it can happen in all kinds of ways, right? And we all kind of maybe fall into that here and there. Because <clears throat> if we have been born again of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God, 
we have so much greater of a chance to live and reach to life's circumstances in a godly way, in the way that God would approve of, because we've been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So if we have been born again of imperishable seed, we have the greatest chance of handling life's circumstances in the right way, in solving problems in a healthy way. It's all about acting according to the love of God toward each other. And that's what Peter was saying. We need to act according to the love of God toward each other. And one major reason that we fall into not acting according to the Spirit, according to our new birth, is when we've not been in the Word of God enough. You know, because a consistent flow of the Word of God helps keep us on the right track. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God. Of course, the Spirit of God <clears throat> wrote the Bible through human people, through humans, and <clears throat> so it's God's Word, and the Spirit of God indwells us as we come to Christ as our Savior, so we have the author who's written it inside of us who can interpret it. So if we, that's how powerful the word is if we, if we stay in it and let it, you know, and feed on it and let it come through our minds and our hearts. Now, you know, I classified that passage of having sincere love for one another and loving each other from the heart as a birthright characteristic because Peter connects it to being born again with imperishable seed from imperishable seed. But now I want to move from birthright to calling. And this is in <clears throat> chapter 3 of 1 Peter, in verses 8 and 9. He says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, be one and love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. He says to be like-minded. And I think of this, don't try to be contrary. Don't try to counter everything somebody says. Don't always try to correct people when they, when they say something because you want to think of a better way. I'm just saying this is the way sometimes we can act, <clears throat> and it's not according to her, what Peter's saying. He says, be like-minded. When someone always tries to one-up or counter what somebody says, maybe we all know somebody that does that or has done it, uh, it can become pretty annoying, can't it? Peter says, be sympathetic, be compassionate, be humble. Love one another. Uh, sounds like good marriage advice, doesn't it? You know, the person <clears throat> who always has a better idea or always has a correction to make when you say something, that person uh, may just find himself by himself a lot. 
But when we work on being loving, compassionate, humble, like-minded, sympathetic, it all fits together under love one another, doesn't it? The way we treat each other, how, how kind we are in our conversations, how encouraging we are when we talk to people. And then, you know, as we read in verse 9, <clears throat> it says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay, repay evil with blessing, because this, to this you were called so that you may inherit the blessing. So we have to fight that temptation to strike back, don't we? You know, in teenage years, uh, boys will often get into a group of friends <clears throat> that, you know, the fun part is when they constantly cut down each other. And <clears throat> I got into, well, one of the group of friends that I had, that was their strength. I mean, they could take anything you say and turn it, turn it against you, all that kind of stuff. And then <clears throat> as they were keep, keep doing it and they take, take all your statements and turn them around and they're all laughing and everything, and they would look at me and say, are you mad? I said, no, I'm just trying to think of an answer because I can't think fast enough like that. But, you know, it's just that kind of thing when you're always contrary. You know, he says, don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Repay evil with blessing because of who is you were called. That's why I call this the calling, so that you may inherit a blessing. <clears throat> and then we have chapter 4, verse 8. He says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And we said before that word deeply can, can be translated fervently. Love each other deeply, fervently, with good intentions. And that's more than just saying, hey, how you doing? But of course, there's times it's okay to say, how you doing? You're just kind of passing each other. But Peter says to love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And I think the idea of forgiveness comes into here. You know, when we have <clears throat> a church, a group of Christians, where forgiveness is given freely, often, that just bonds that group together, doesn't it? Because God is so forgiving. And forgiveness is such a powerful thing when you're with your brothers and sisters. He says, loving each other deeply, fervently, covers a multitude of sins. So, you know, there's going to be mistakes made all the time, right? People are going to do something wrong. But if we're forgiving and we're for people and we're not contrary to them and we're not looking out against them trying to find something wrong, that just brings people together, and that's loving one another. You know, a church full of forgiving people would seem to me to be a loving and spiritually mature church. 
And, you know, it's, it's difficult to be forgiving, especially for certain ones of us. But we know it's the right thing to do, right? Because we've been born of imperishable seed, born again by the Spirit of God, living outside of our own self-centeredness. And when we live that way, you know, when, when people see us, they're taken back by that. I'm sure many of you, during your lives, you've had people wonder, wow, how can they act like that? They're just so kind. They see things are different with people who love fervently, people forgiving, people encouraging, keep being of the same mind, people reaching out, people caring. That's what Peter's asking for. So in this month of February, where we celebrate love even as a culture, even, even our outside the church, you know, we're celebrating love. I think people have different ideas of love. <clears throat> but let us believers do some type of tune-up on ourselves. You know, introspection, are we examples of Christ's love? Do we attract people through our acts of love? Do we use words that encourage love or show love? Is our focus on helping others? Do we practice forgiveness? It's a whole different way of living, isn't it? And right now, our culture is totally running in the opposite direction. You know, since the beginning of our nation, we've had this you know, it started with such good morals, and so many people did believe in God, but now that's just dissipating, and there are elements out there that are really trying to push God out of the picture, because they don't want to have to obey him, they don't want to have to answer to him, but they will, and so we, it's more important now for us, as our culture is running the other way, away from God, it's even more important for us to act in godly ways, to be helpful, to be encouraging, to be forgiving. We can be lights on a hill, can't we? So, to repeat our final verse here, it says, Above all, love each other deeply, fervently. Can you think of what, you know, you love somebody, but then you love them fervently? Because love covers over a multitude of sins. When we all live loving each other, that cancels out the, the, the sins that, you know, we will do inadvertently, or the sins that we do because we slip up. But if it's all full of love for each other, uh, that makes a big difference. <clears throat> and I see that in this church. I see people loving each other, helping each other. Uh, I just think, you know, the Christian character of this church is, is very high. And I'm just, you know, it just thrills me to think that 
And so if we just can keep going down that road and caring for each other, I think it's, it's just going to get better and better. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the lives that were changed when the apostles, the early disciples, <clears throat> when they were, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, <clears throat> excuse me, and they uh, understood your love on a whole other level, and they went out preaching the word, sacrificing themselves, helping others. Lord, may we be like that. May we have that attitude. And may people come to know you because of our witness. And Lord, may the churches rise up in this nation to combat the, the evil that is growing. And may we be, Lord, in your army to, to work against that what man is trying to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.